Welcome back to another episode and season of the BC Buckets podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Beach Patterson, and joined as always today, new season, new year coming up, head coach Mark Figuera. Coach, we're going to get into it here in a second, but how are you? How was the summer? Summer was good. Things are good. Um, you know, just under two weeks from first game, so we're rolling along, and I'm going to steal your thunder and introduce our guests off the top. You know, for the first episode of year five of the BC Buckets podcast, it's only appropriate to have the the founder of the podcast, Matt Gall, on. Matt, how we doing? I'm good. I didn't realize this was year five. That's crazy to think about. If if yeah. if we would have started, you know, if if we were a, a college freshman when we started this thing, you've graduated your first class of BC Buckets alumni. That's insane. Yeah, it is. You know, it uh, seems like yesterday you and I were sitting at table 32 talking about this over lunch and how it would work and how we would do it. And here we are, year five. So, you know, we may have downgraded in the co-host, but uh, we're still rolling. Sorry, Bobby. That's my uh, early season shot at you. Hey, we're due for at least one of those a week, so I'm just going to take it and roll with it. But – but no, it's Gall, it's awesome having you back on, man. Uh, you gave me the reins of this last year. It was awesome. First year was great. Really looking forward to the second year. So really happy to have you. We're going to get to you here and, and ask some questions here in a little bit. But coach, you mentioned it right before we started this. We really haven't talked a whole lot about this podcast since March. Here we are, middle of October, less than two weeks away from a game. Holy smokes. Got to love this time of year. Yeah, it's the best. You know, the only good thing about uh, having some chilly days out there weather-wise is that it means basketball season's right around the corner because I think it's pretty well documented. I'm not a fan of this weather. I like it when it's hot, humid, able to play golf on any given day. But, uh, you know, season's season's basically here at this point. And so it's exciting. You know, you you work all off season. You know, the, the players in the weight room, on the court, you know, all preseason with conditioning. You know, we're over three weeks into practice at this point. And so, you know, the payoff's coming here quick. And, you know, we've got a little work to do still. We played our first scrimmage last week, and we'll play another one here this coming week uh, to get ourselves as prepared as possible. But uh, after that, it's go time. And I know next week we'll talk about that first weekend of games. But, uh, you know, it's going to be here real quick. Yeah, and we're going to slowly, as we get going into the episode here, talk about the roster uh, for this coming season. But wanted to touch base uh, on the on the offseason, on the preseason. What's the summer look like? Do you have a lot of guys stay back on campus doing a lot of workouts? How's the preseason been going so far leading into those scrimmages like you're talking about? Yeah, if you, uh, if you go way back um, to the last episode of this was right after last season ended, and, and from that time on, you know, most of the spring, our, our emphasis was in the weight room. And then we started our summer workouts the day after Memorial Day. And we ended up getting eight weeks of workouts in. And that's in the in the weight room to start our morning. And then usually an hour, hour to 15 minutes on the floor. And uh, we did that four days a week. And, you know, that takes us through July. And then the rest of August, the guys have off till school starts. And then when school starts, we jump right back into weights do a little preseason conditioning and this year we started practice on September 22nd so you know like I said we've had I think 17 practices 
an alumni game and and two and a scrimmage at this point. So we are we're moving along. We've definitely still got work to do. There've been some really good things. A couple of things we still need to clean up before we uh, get to Dakota State on the twenty eighth. But uh, like where we're at right now. Yeah, and just as an outsider's view, it's been a great off season. Uh, you brought up the alumni game. Was fortunate enough to be at that. Uh, had a lot of great guys come back, so it was great to see the new McFlanagan pack for that. We think about about a month and a half before that had the alumni golf tournament, had a great turnout for that. All the guys are there too. So just from the alumni end, it, it's been a really fun off season. I know we've been talking a lot of the current players, just looking how last year ended the national tournament run, unfortunately lost that first game, but how much momentum we have building into this year. And we actually have some GPAC polls to talk about that we'll get into later, but just from an outsider's perspective, it's been a great off season. I know there's a lot of excitement and anticipation to build off of from last year. So with that, a lot of the guys that you have coming back from this year kind of talk about that here a little bit. Uh, Cause there's a lot of names that people are going to recognize that are coming back uh, from that team last year that made such a great run, had a great year. Yeah. I, I mean, I think if you, you know, off the top, you got to start with our five seniors, um, you know, Jaden Klein Hessling, Kyle Borhave, those guys are fifth year guys. Um, you know, their, their stats pretty much speak for themselves. You know, Jaden's been a four-time All-GPAC player. Kyle's been a two-time All-GPAC player. Those were our two leading scorers a year ago. Um, and, you know, the I think the best compliment I can give those two guys is, you know, as 22, 23-year-olds, they still got better over the summer, and that's not always the case. You know, you get to a certain point where maybe your development just kind of slows down or tapers off, but those guys both improved this offseason. You know, so that was really exciting to see. Um, and then you go to our, our three true seniors, um, for lack of a better term, uh, Connor Groves, Nick Hoyt, Quinn Vesey. Obviously, those guys have all played huge roles over the last few years. Quinn was a second-team all-GPAC player a year ago. Connor was an honorable mention all-GPAC player. And, you know, Nick has been as steady as it comes as a, as a three-point specialist through his three years. Um, you know, so right there, that's a ton of experience. That's five really good players. That's five pretty strong leaders um, within our program. So, I mean, it's going to start there and all familiar names. And then you start to work down, you know, Matt Stillwell had a great year for us last year, kind of came onto the scene as a sophomore after not, not getting a whole lot of playing time as a freshman. And, and he had a great year. I think he led us in scoring for sure multiple times, if not three or four times throughout the year. Matt had an outstanding summer. Um, he's shooting the ball at a, at a high level right now, and, and he's really playing well. You know, and so between Matt and the five seniors, those are six guys with with some big-time experience under their belt, some accolades under their belt, um, and and it, but it comes down to the experience. You know, after that, you know, there's, there's some question marks, to be honest, and it, it's not that we – it's not that we question the talent we have or the ability of the players we have. It's just – there's not much experience in terms of on the floor bar to the action in that group. And, you know, a couple guys who we think are, you know, in a good spot right now, Tyrus Eyshide is a junior forward um, actually had a really tough year last year, had a kind of a fluke knee injury and he missed a couple months early in the year. And it, you know, just kind of held him back missing important times of the year. Um, but he's, he's had a great summer. Jamison Helmers is another junior 
who, uh, you know, kind of the same boat, hasn't necessarily played a ton on the floor, but he can really shoot it. Um, definitely gives us somebody who can knock down shots, potentially off the bench. Um, and then Nate Hall is a, is a sophomore, uh, plays the post. You know, he's done some good things for us. He, he played a little bit in, you know, foul situations a year ago as a freshman, but he's, he's gotten bigger, stronger, better. Um, you know, so we're hoping for something out of him. And, you know, the other varsity returner is Garrett Trapp. Um, and Garrett, you know, actually started last year on the junior varsity. We kind of moved him up with the varsity halfway through. And he's one of those guys, he's tough. He does everything right. He does all the little things. He's, he's the guy that dives on the floor. He's the guy that comes up with loose balls. Um, you know, and so those guys are incredibly valuable. And, and he's another guy that throughout the summer, he got better. And I think that's when you look at our returners, particularly, that's the common thread. I, I do think we had a really good summer. I think our guys were, were focused. I think they're hungry. Um, we talked a lot in the, you know, in the spring about not being content, not relaxing because we had a pretty good year last year. You know, there's always room for growth. There's always room for improvement. And so I think our returners did a really good job of that. And then beyond that, we've got uh, five newcomers to the varsity roster. Um, two of them are not newcomers to the program, but new to the varsity roster. One's Cam Wingert. Um, Cam's a junior. He can play about four positions, very versatile, um, really strong defender. Um, so we've really liked what we've seen from him early. Nick Sheffers is a sophomore. Um, kind of similar, can play multiple positions, can play some post for us. Um, so he gives us a little versatility in practice, and, and he's doing a great job. And we have three freshmen on the varsity um, currently. Um, we have Trey Jungers, who's a, a guard from Newell Fonda. Uh, Will Luger, who's a wing forward from Cherokee. And then Blake Sindelar, who, again, is a w wing forward from Howells, Nebraska. And so those three guys, you know, they're, they're learning. They're getting better every day. And, you know, Bobby, you, you know this, but when, you, you know, sometimes those freshmen, it takes them a couple, two, three, four weeks even to get their feet wet, get comfortable with what's going on. But I think those three guys are all doing a great job. And, you know, having a couple of these scrimmages, like I said, we played one last week and we're going to have another one here on Saturday. Just getting some minutes on the floor, you know, even though it doesn't count, so to speak, it's not actually a game. It's a game-like situation. And, I think that's really valuable for, for everybody, but particularly those young guys. So, you know, we really like our roster. Um, you know, like a lot of our teams, it's really guard heavy. Um, I think we have a lot of depth of talent at the guard and the wing spots. Um, but, you know, we're certainly not lacking for talent at the at the forward spots either. So we, we like where we're at. Um, so that's just kind of a, I guess, not so quick rundown of the roster for you. Yeah, no, that, that's all great stuff. And you mentioned uh, a few of those names. So you and Jaden Klein-Hesslink are now entering your 10th year together here at Briarcliff. When uh, you bring up those top six names, like you said, with all that experience, does that help you a lot as a coach or I guess in this preseason, have you noticed yourself maybe in practice backing off just a sense and kind of letting them handle it with their senior leadership and kind of having them work through it? Or are you still very much hands-on? Depends on the day. Um you know, I definitely think in the summer, I backed off a lot, kind of let those guys work through a lot of things and, and let some of the older guys coach. Um, you know, and now during this season, that's just a little harder for me to do. Um, but we, we definitely have strong leadership. And I think, you know, thing 
that I've really noticed is, you know, as we're teaching new things or we're adding in new plays or, you know, new tweaks defensively, you know, we're adding something probably both sides of the ball every single day for the first couple of weeks. And so, you know, those young guys, their heads are spinning some days. And I think what I've really seen is just some of the older guys, the seniors, the juniors, you know, just walking over to them and maybe saying, hey, here's what you got to do here or watch for this on this play or action. And and I think that's invaluable because it's one thing for, you know, us as coaches to to say it, to teach it. But when it's coming from your teammate who's in it and actually doing it, it's another thing. And so I, I've been really pleased with our leadership um, for the most part. And so those, those guys have done a really good job, those old guys. Yeah, and we'll definitely talk more about that here next week when we start talking about the game weeks, getting closer to games and how things are transitioning too. But always nice to hear that I had a good turnout in the summer workouts, a lot of senior leadership coming back from last year's team. So I have to feel really nice um, and like you're in a good spot. And then speaking of roster, not to leave anyone out here, coaching staff, got to feel nice. You got Coach Forbes back, Coach Saban back. So just coming from that standpoint too, have to feel pretty good with having uh, the coaching staff back, familiar with everything, coming back for that second year. Yeah, for sure. And I'll, I'll tell you what, this is, um, you know, year six for me as the head coach. And the first time we have our, you know, three-man staff back for a second year, you know, we've turned over GAs like, you know, it's our job to do it. Um, and so having Coach Saban back for that second year, it's just everything's a little smoother, you know, between the three of us, we've got pretty good synergy, I think. We know what's going on. Um, we know who's going to do what um, and things like that. And so that that is incredibly valuable. And then in addition to that, I mean, we, we added Sammy Green to our staff who, you know, played for us the last handful of years and has a little bit of school left um, and and just kind of want to be around the program. And so he's he's been a great help for us. And he's he's really good, especially with our young guards, you know, because he's been through it. And, you know, Bobby, you know, Sammy, Matt, you've met Sammy, you know, he's got an incredibly laid back demeanor, um, which is which is a great asset, especially when he's trying to help those young guys pick things up. Um, that That's a really good asset to have, you know, and then I think probably from your world, Bobby, the biggest thing is you know, we have a whole new batch of student coaches with the varsity team. And, and we've got a we've got a three man crew this year, you know, the not often seen three man crew. But uh, Trevor Welp, Kobe Grell, Cole Hogue, all three of those guys are juniors. Um, and they, they've done a pretty good job so far. You know, they've probably got a couple more strikes than they like. Um, you know, but we haven't had any massive mistakes, you know. But that first weekend, you know, their first their first road trip's uh, overnight. So they're going to be put to the fire real quick here in a couple weeks. But, uh, yeah, our, you know, the staff's really good. Um, and, and like I said, having – having, you know, Coach Forbes and Coach Saban back and having that synergy from one year to the next is something we haven't had, you know, from all three spots. And so that is really nice. It's been a luxury. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely got to be big time. And for those student coaches, as long as they don't pull a belt and forget their red jerseys, they should be good. But no, uh, another thing that happened here recently, uh, GPAC men's basketball preseason polls came out. And and I already know um, preseason stuff, kind of your thoughts, everything, Coach. For those of you that don't know, Briarcliff was preseason ranked to finish second this year. Uh, Jamestown was preseason picked uh, to finish at the top of the conference. Coach, 
team coming back from last year, a lot of experienced top six guys, preseason polls that came out. How did you think it shaped out and just everything as far as they lined up all all teams in the GPACs? Kind of what you thought? Yeah, I mean, if, if you look at, you know, we had five teams a year ago that made the national tournament. Um, all five of those teams have a good amount of production back. So, I, you know, I think everybody kind of knew it was going to be a jumble in that top five. And I think you probably could have gone about 18 different combinations of that. And it would have made sense to me. Um, you know, I think as I look across the league, you know, the depth of the league just keeps getting better and better to me. And, you know, I don't get caught up in preseason rankings. You know that Matt, you know that I honestly could care less. Um, it's at the end of the day, you know, us coaches are the ones who vote on it. And we're, I mean, it's a guess. You take what a team did a year ago, what you think they lost, what you think they may be, maybe added and you're guessing, um, you know, and, and to, I mean, give me an example. We got picked six last year, you know, we ended up coach amps of the league. And so it, it doesn't mean a whole lot. It's, it's, you know, it's nice to be recognized, you know, the odds of that putting us somewhere, in or around the preseason NAI top 25 is pretty good. Um, you know, so that recognition's nice. But at the end of the day, that's going to wear off after, you know, two, three days when the games start. And at that point, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's what are you doing on the court consistently from late October, you know, as we get into February. And that's when it really matters. So, yeah, the recognition's nice. I think it's a testament to – you know, we had a good year last year. We have a lot of guys back. And, you know, I think there is some respect around the league for our team. But beyond that, you know, it's just not a big deal to me. So, yeah, and and, and I kind of know that right away. I mean, just knowing preseason rankings coming out, definitely has got to be nice to be picked second there. Uh, guys are probably going to know it. But, it, like, again, it goes back, and hopefully we're saying the same thing when the last uh, polls come out here, too those top six and senior leadership and they've been through it before. This ain't their first rodeo kind of telling those other guys, Hey, this doesn't mean anything. We're going to go put it out on the floor here. Without further ado, we uh, can't keep our guests waiting anymore. I introduced him here earlier. Uh, the original founding father of the podcast, Matt Gall is joining us. Matt, awesome to have you back. Awesome to see you. How are things? Things are good. It's great to be back here with Bobby and Mark. And we've got my buddies, uh, Jim Nance and Tony Romo and Tracy Wolfson over here on the other side of my screen. So in full disclosure, uh, you might see me glance over to see what's going on in the Chiefs-Bills game that's going on right now. But no, things have been good. I, I appreciated the chance to come back and get on the podcast again. It feels like coming home. So, so Matt, you know, just as a cluing in for our our loyal listeners who have been around since day one. Um, you know, you want to talk about your last year. I think you were on the first podcast last year. Um, you've kind of had a lot go on since then, but uh, you want to fill us in? Yeah. Yeah. So a year ago, I decided I, I probably need to focus a little bit um, and, and finish uh, a mission I kind of started. And that was searching the globe for sub $1 concession stand popcorn. And I will say that I did find it this summer at Morningside Little League here in Sioux City. I found 75 cent popcorn, which, you know, the size of the container is a little on the smaller side. So if you're going to 
adjust for inflation and, and proportionate to the, the size that you get, you know, that could be debatable, but, uh, I spent the last year seeking that out and I found it. So now I have some time well, to come back. All right. So that's obviously way more important than the fact that you, you know, passed the bar exam, became a lawyer, all that stuff. So we don't need to worry about that. Um, let's, oh, let's yeah, talk about this too. a little bit because, you know, you and I talked about this at Briarcliff football's home opener. Uh, I think we had a little yep. talk about popcorn. What, what are you looking for? You know, beyond sub $1, um, because you're kind of a cheapskate, what are you looking for? Like what kind of size, what kind mm. of vessel to hold the popcorn do you want? Um, let's, let's, let's hear about this. Well, first of all, I'm not a cheapskate. I, it's, it's purely principle. I mean, I have no problem paying $2. That's why I, I will pay $2 if that's what it costs. But the principle of it is it's popcorn. And you can't tell me that the price of to, to grow popcorn and, and package that and put it in a microwave or a popcorn machine or however it is you're going to make it. I suppose in most concession stands it's going to be in a, in a machine, but you buy that stuff in hundred pound bags. And when you adjust that price per unit or price per kernel, there's no justification. Now I will say generally when you're dealing with a concession stand, you're probably helping to raise some money for somebody, whether it's, you know, a school or a nonprofit or a little league. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll hold my tongue a little bit, but at the end of the day, the price thing, just to get that out there is purely out of principle. Now, what I'm looking for on the actual popcorn, you know, I think it could go one of two ways. Uh, you know, you, you gotta love the red and white popcorn box that has the folded sides. Sometimes the bottom will get a little folded in. So you got that gap at the bottom. So you got to be careful of that because you'll have stuff kind of falling through on your lap, but you can't go wrong with the red and white popcorn box, the red and white popcorn bag. Uh, another fine option. Uh, problem there is you start running into grease and it becomes a little, you know, translucent or transparent. You can start seeing through the bag. Uh, but that, that to me is kind of a feature, not a bug. You know, that's how you know that, that it was made the right way. So, you know, as far as a container, I'm good with either of those. You start to see, you know, some of those more fancy ones that have the the square box that have the kind of round ridges, and that's a little fancy for me. Uh, I don't think there's any reason to to go that fancy when you're talking about just a container to get the popcorn to my seat and ultimately into my mouth. So now that's and, container. And I, I need I need to agree real quick because I I want the red and white box or the red and white bag. I want to I want to know that it's it's made strictly for popcorn. You know, you go to some high school basketball games and you and you get it in like a brown uh, paper sack. You'd take your school lunch in one. That's too much popcorn. If you get the full size one, because I, I don't want an enormous amount. I, I want mm -hmm. a, a box or a bag full. That's plenty. And I'm willing to pay whatever for it. My principles are not as strong as you on uh, on popcorn prices. But, uh, you know. I just end up throwing away half of it and I, I don't like being wasteful with food. So I want a little bit smaller vessel. Now, now Matt question I have just being from Mitchell, having uh, plenty of times at the corn palace. Have you had classic, a chance to get classic up there? Bobby had to throw the corn palace in somehow today. Well, I'm just asking shameless, because shameless they, Bobby. they've got great popcorn balls, just great popcorn in general. I mean, have you had a chance to, have you been to the corn palace? Have you experienced the popcorn balls or the popcorn up there? 
I've, you know, I, I shouldn't admit this because it's been such a great rivalry, but I've never been up there for a game. I've been to the corn palace in passing, like with my family just to, to see it. So we could check it off the list of stuff you got to see, but I've never had an opportunity to, uh, to enjoy a popcorn and sit in the bleachers there. No, I haven't. Well, and coach, you said that you said that when we had coach Wilbur on, I think it was last year, two years ago. That's one of the things that you enjoy about coming to the corn palace is right away. You come through the back door, go through the curtain of the stage, get to the actual floor. And it's like, boom, that wall of that smell of popcorn just hits you right in the face. Oh, yeah. The the smell of popcorn wafting in the corn palace is something to behold. Oh, I tell you what, um, it just makes makes it for a But I don't time. think I've ever eaten popcorn there. Um, and, Matt, I got two more popcorn-related questions. Number yeah. one, do you have a philosophy on adding salt or cheese or, you know, if they have options there, do you, do you taste what you get first and then maybe add, or do you just automatically add, or do you never add? No, you taste it first. I mean, I, I suppose this is more when you even have the option. First of all, a lot of places you just, you get what they give you and that can be, Mm -hmm. you know, a a spin of the roulette wheel. You never really know what's going to happen there. Is it overcooked? Is it undercooked? Are you dealing with a lot of seeds? Did they already salt it too much? Um, but you know, it's kind of nice to live dangerously sometimes too, but no, I generally, if I've, you know, if, if there's options available, I'll try it first and then salt, start salting it a little bit to get it where I need it. Uh, to me, cheese and cheddar cheese and all that stuff. I mean, that's such a ridiculous thing to put on popcorn. If your popcorn's that bad, you got to turn it into nachos, just get the nachos. Every concession stand that has popcorn has nachos too. You don't need cheese popcorn. And that's that, that actually, I might, that might be a hill I'm willing to die on more than the sub $1 popcorn. Cheese popcorn is a waste. Now, caramel, on the other hand, that's more of a, I consider that kind of a dessert. The delicacy. Um, kind of a classic. Yeah. It's, it's more of what See, I would I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with you. I'll take a, a cheese yeah. sprinkle. I don't want a lot, just a little bit. You're not getting me to eat caramel corn. That's trash. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's more I'll of a, take. I think it's more of a holiday type thing. You know, there's a time and a place for it. It still doesn't make it good. You know, eggnog's a holiday thing, but it's still not good. W- one more thing. You know, this has turned into the BC Popcorn Podcast today, Gall. Um, well, B- hey, BC Buckets. Bucket is a versatile a versatile word here, right? Yeah, buckets I like where your head's at. All right, so what's your style of actually eating the popcorn? Do you go like, you know, a couple fingers, one, two kernels at a time? Do you take the big handful, roll the dice into your mouth? Um, you know, how, how do, do you eat it straight from the bag or the box? What's your style? Yeah, see, I usually start by just trying to grab a few. But what I found is I do not have the the uh, dexterity or the ability to keep three or four kernels in my hand at a time. They just fly everywhere. So I actually get my left hand, I hold out my left palm, and I kind of do the shake and pour, you know, a mm. good handful into my hand and then go into my mouth. So that's my uh, technique. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Me, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a couple at a time guy like yeah i mean make i make like a backhoe and you you dig into the popcorn and then you're good to go yeah i think then you're you know you're you're starting to crush some of the ones at the bottom and i don't know that's it's not as careful as i'd like to be but to each their own you paid for it you paid the 250 or whatever they charge for popcorn now so you eat it however you want 
Well, good stuff about popcorn. Uh, gotta love it. All, all techniques and, and things like that. And now we're going to transition into one of my favorite parts, uh, the shout outs. And uh, we're going to start with our guest. Uh, Matt, sounds like you had some shout outs you wanted to uh, throw out here. Yeah, a couple of them. First of all, uh, to Mark and you guys and a lot of people um, at Briar Cliff who, who are really supportive as I went back to school and, and uh, kind of took a chance on some things. You know, I got a ton of support from the community. So just shout out to everyone who was involved in that process. Uh, also shout out to my kids fifth grade football team that had their last game of the season today. They ended on a four game winning streak. So uh, they had a nice season. So yeah, a lot of good things going on um, there and, and uh, shout out to uh, Josh Allen for screwing up the little pitch out to Diggs or whoever that was too. Yeah, I, I got, you know, it's been a long time since we've done one of these, so I'm I'm probably missing some things that deserve to be shouted out. But I think, you know, for now, just I'm going to give a quick shout out to our, our players and our coaching staff. Um, like I said, I do think we had a great offseason. I think we've had, to this point, a good preseason, you know, with a couple weeks to, to work through some things here. You know, I feel confident we're going to be ready to roll here on the 28th, and I and I'm looking forward to talking about that on next week's episode. But, you know, for right now, just shout out to the guys, shout out to our assistant coaches, shout out to coach Kiefer, our strength coach, who was big time with our guys this off season. Um, and, you know, can't wait to get rolling here. Um, thir- 12 days from today as we record this. Yeah. And it's fitting that Matt's on the, on the podcast with us today, because I uh, just want to give a shout out to not only him, but to also to you coach uh, mentioned it earlier. This is the fifth year of BC buckets podcast. I can still remember when we started this up in the office and I was just the sound guy. And now you guys have bestowed the trust in, in me and in doing this for the second year. So I want to give you guys a shout out. This has been awesome. Love doing it. Makes me a part of the program. Still love it. Always bleed charger blue. So it's been big time. Appreciate you guys a lot for that. So that's been awesome. Hey, it was a well, pleasure was... to be back. I uh, I know we didn't talk about a lot other than popcorn, but that's something that's really important to me. And honestly, if I could just talk about popcorn 24 hours a day for the rest of my life, I'd be I'd be happy. So I love the escape. Yo, guys. Go, I'm going to tell you right now. Well, maybe we've talked about this before, um, the whole popcorn thing. But every time I go to a game this year, I'll go out of my way to buy popcorn and send you a picture with the price for your evaluation. I love it. I want to know price. I want to know uh, approximate size container and your general opinion on the taste. And we'll do some popcorn power rankings. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Stuff. Yeah. That's definitely a good segment uh, for down later in the year, the, the G pack basketball power rankings for popcorn. So that's awesome. Well, hey, this is just episode one. We're just kicking off the fifth season of the BC Buckets podcast. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, We're under two weeks away from the first game of the year for the 22-23 season. Going to be awesome. Matt, can't thank you enough for coming on. Coach, let's buckle up. Going to be an awesome year. I know uh, we're all looking forward to it. So, awesome. Can't wait to keep this thing rolling this year. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Matt.